November 11th. Our reading in the New Testament today will be from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 18 through 39. And it's all about forgiveness. The sacrifices under the Old Covenant brought a reminder of sin, not a remission of sin. There's a big difference. The blood of God's own Son took care of sin once and for all. Now, because there is no more offering for sin, there's also no more remembrance of sin, and we can rejoice that we have a righteous standing before God. That, my friend, is real good news. And now, let's begin our reading in the New Testament. November 11th, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 18 through 39. Now when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. This is the new, life-giving way that Christ has opened up for us through the sacred curtain by means of His death for us. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's people, let us go right into the presence of God with true hearts, fully trusting Him. For our evil consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Without wavering, let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of His coming back again is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received a full knowledge of the truth, there is no other sacrifice that will cover these sins. There will be nothing to look forward to but the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume His enemies. Anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Think how much more terrible the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant as if it were common and unholy. Such people have insulted and enraged the Holy Spirit, who brings God's mercy to His people. For we know the one who said, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it. He also said, The Lord will judge His own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Don't ever forget those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. When all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew you had better things waiting for you in eternity. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord, no matter what happens. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. 
and a righteous person will live by faith. But I will have no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn their backs on God and seal their fate. We have faith that assures our salvation. you got to be all in. If you're not all in, you're going to get in trouble. The angel said, listen, he's alive. You don't need to look for him. Go tell his disciples and Peter. We were told he's alive, he's alive. The disciples didn't even believe him. But oh, Peter, Peter wasn't so totally happy when he heard that because Peter was one of the leaders of the disciples. In fact, someone could make the argument that what Peter did was more evil than the people who put the nails in his hands. Because evil in the Bible is measured by how much light you have. The more light you have and you sin against it, That makes it more evil in God's sight than someone who doesn't know anything about the truth, morality, God's law. Peter had great light, and he cursed and denied the Lord three times. Have you ever failed God like that? Since you know him. Have the wheels ever come off? As with me. Have you ever had the devil come in and just condemn you? And say, you're done. He doesn't want anything to do with you now. Oh, you're big time boasting. I'll be loyal. I'll be faithful. And look at you. You're weak like jelly. He has nothing to do with you. He'll, he'll get other people. And then when Peter hears he's alive, I mean, how are you going to face him? How are you going to look in those eyes after you boasted? I'll, I'll stay faithful to you. I'll never drift away from you. And that's why those two words are so important. What, what Jesus was saying, had the angels tell him, tell him, tell the disciples that I'm alive, but make it special to Peter because I know what he's going through. Tell Peter, I'm alive. I'm not done with him. I still love him. And wherever you are today, Jesus wants you, if you've drifted, if the train's gone off the tracks, if you failed him. Since I've known him, I have failed him, but he still keeps loving me. This is what blew Peter away. Not only do I still love you that I want you in fellowship with me, listen, you haven't lost your calling. Jesus is saying, get up. I still love you, and you know what else? I haven't broken any of my plans for you. Guess who Jesus picked to preach the first sermon? Not some new disciple who was spotless and had never failed. He picks the biggest mess of all. Because God's mercy is magnified when he takes people who are messed up and says, I'm not done with you. Come on. Psalm 109, verses 1 through 31. When people have lied about you, spoken hatefully to you, and rewarded you evil for good, you would benefit greatly from reading this psalm. When your heart is wounded within, 
and there's no way to set the record straight, take it to the Lord and tell Him how you feel. In his chapter-by-chapter Bible commentary, Warren Wearsby points our attention to verses 5 through 20. They record another of King David's imprecatory prayers. Big word there. He asked God to judge the man who lied about him and also to judge the man's children. He even asks that the man's ancestors' sins come up before God for judgment and that the liar reap just what he has sown. When you feel that way, give the Lord the opportunity to heal your wounded heart. No matter how God deals with your enemies, be sure you praise Him. And remember, He is long-suffering with sinners, including you. The best way to get rid of an enemy is to leave him or her with the Lord. Psalm 109, verses 1 through 31. For the choir director, a psalm of David. O God, whom I praise, don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. They're all around me with their hateful words, and they fight against me for no reason. I love them, but they try to destroy me, even as I am praying for them. They return evil for good and hatred for my love. Arrange for an evil person to turn on him. Send an accuser to bring him to trial. When his case is called for judgment, let him be pronounced guilty. Count his prayers as sins. Let his years be few. Let his position be given to someone else. May his children become fatherless, and may his wife become a widow. May his children wander as beggars. May they be evicted from their ruined homes. May creditors seize his entire estate, and strangers take all he has earned. Let no one be kind to him. Let no one pity his fatherless children. May all his offspring die. May his family name be blotted out in a single generation. May the Lord never forget the sins of his ancestors. May his mother's sins never be erased from the record. May these sins always remain before the Lord, but may His name be cut off from human memory. For He refused all kindness to others, He persecuted the poor and needy, and He hounded the brokenhearted to death. He loved to curse others. Now you curse Him. He never blessed others. Now don't you bless Him. Cursing is as much a part of him as his clothing, or as the water he drinks, or the rich food he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to him like clothing. May they be tied around him like a belt. May those curses become the Lord's punishment for my accusers, who are plotting against my life. But deal with me, O sovereign Lord, for the sake of your own reputation. Rescue me, because you are so faithful and good, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain. I am fading like a shadow at dusk. I am falling like a grasshopper that is brushed aside. My knees are weak from fasting, and I am skin and bones. I am an object of mockery to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads. 
Help me, O Lord my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing, that you yourself have done it, Lord. Then let them curse me if they like, but you will bless me. When they attack me, they will be disgraced. But I, your servant, will go right on rejoicing. Make their humiliation obvious to all. Clothe my accusers with disgrace. But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising Him to everyone. For He stands beside the needy, ready to save them from those who condemn them. Proverbs 27, verse 13 Be sure to get collateral from anyone who guarantees the debt of a stranger. Get a deposit if someone guarantees the debt of an adulterous woman.